Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. What's up, guys? NBA podcast coming at you. This is a new one, new episode. We're keen and excited to talk all things NBA. We got new people on board joining me. Shelly, welcome to Mojo. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Let's talk some NBA. Yes, definitely. Now I can actually talk about people that will listen to me when I talk about basketball, which I really appreciate. So we're going to start with listener question. All right, 75 years we hit this year in the NBA. So one question we got from everybody was, what is your best moment out of the 75 years of the NBA so far? All right. I'm going to be biased because it's going to be my favorite player. But if you're a diehard, if you're a baller and you're a scorer, you're going to appreciate this one. Because for me personally, when Steph Curry, I'm sorry, all the Warrior haters out there, I'm sorry. But when Steph Curry broke that three-point record, when was it? A couple of months ago, Ray Allen's record. For me, that was history. It was absolute. It it was, what do you say? He's the greatest ever. He actually is. You can be a hater. You can be a supporter. You can be whatever you want. But that was, it, it was magical. And I think for me, you know, when even when it was at the MC, at MSG, like what better stadium could you do? Do it. And Madison Square Garden. I mean, I know you know that, but <laughs> where could, where, what better stadium atmosphere? You know, you've got Spike Lee sitting courtside. He's just geeing into it, you know. You've got, You've got the two greatest right there. You've got Ray Allen. You've got Reggie Miller was there as well. And you've got Steph, bang, taking the first three, like in the first, I think it was 60 seconds, okay, tying it. And then within the first, what, three minutes it was, boom. But I think the moment that they stopped it and let it all sink in that, you know what, you are the greatest shooter alive, I think. To me, that's going to stick with me a lot, whether you're a Steph Curry fan or not. That's 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 got to be one, right? Yeah, definitely with you on that one. I mean, I was a little devastated it had to be against the Knicks, like because there's nothing more. <laughs> like you know, the Knicks being like, "Here, have your record. We're not going to play defense. You just shoot your three pointers." But as you said, Madison Square Garden is probably one of the best places to play basketball. So to be able to break records in Madison Square Garden, it's just got to be insane, especially for him. Like, and he's done a lot as far as his, his three point shot and just being a phenomenal shooter for the game. Um, for me, I got to go because, you know, being a Knicks fan and everything, right, you, you got to go with the last time they won a championship. Like, that's my favorite moment in the last 75 years, and that happened in 73. When, when was that? 73. The most recent championship we won was the NBA dunk contest. Thank you, Obi Tippin. Appreciate that one. <laughs> but for me, it's definitely got to be the NBA championship in 75. That was the last time we did it. We've been close a couple of times. Poor Patrick Ewing. Yeah, he'll just never get oh. there, really. So. Now we're going to move into the huddle where we talk about all things Knicks. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And the Chicago Bulls have won their first ever NBA championship. As Kobe Bryant at the buzzer in overtime gets the win for Los Angeles. There it is. Redemption for Golden State. It's over. The Bucks have done it. Celebration has begun in Boston. Most important thing in life is how your career moves and touches and how it carries forward to the next generation. Yes, 
yes, I did create the run sheet for this one. And as the Knicks fan, I did have to go out and pull the Knicks first because just it gives me a reason to talk about the Knicks. And I love the Knicks, right? As we said, 75 championships, two championships in the past. Patrick Ewing, you've got some amazing players that have come through that team. But what we do on the huddle is we talk about the team currently. And my gosh, this Knicks team currently, it is just, it is a rough, rough time to be a Knicks fan. Shelly, when I mentioned to you that I was a Knicks fan, you gave me that same look that everybody gives me where it's like, I'm so sorry. I, I am. I, you know what? I really, really am for you. And as I think as a basketball fanatic and as an NBA fanatic, I, I even know personally myself that the Knicks are in, they're, they're in some sort of situation right now because me personally, I don't actually know what's going on with the Knicks. I can't talk about the Knicks. And so for me to not be able to talk about the team, that means I don't know what the heck's going on. And if I don't know what's going on, there's a problem there. <laughs> so when I've got the run sheet going on and I've got, okay, Knicks, yeah, well, I know what I know. But exactly, what what is happening with the Knicks right now? Look, I, I don't know, right? We, we signed Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier. I was so excited as a Knicks fan to see Kemba Walker coming over, right? Oh, he's my back God. Home. I mean, he's been a great basketball player. Yeah, he's getting a little bit older, but for me, that was a great signing. To have Derrick Rose come back, to have Todd Gibson, and then Tom Thibodeau, I kind of was like, are we looking at, like, the 09 Bulls right now, but just in a different color? Yes, yes, yes. I was like, thanks. All right, come on. Yep, I'm with you. I mean, they just keep killing themselves, right? I mean, you got to look at it. Three straight wins, three straight wins out of seven straight losses, and then we go and lose to the Grizzlies. Right. So I just sometimes and when you look at the, the front office right now and you look at the trades we've given away. Right. We've traded away our last kind of six, six first round picks that we've had. I just wonder what we're what are we trying to do as a team? Are we trying to create cap space because we couldn't sign Kevin Durant when that was a rumor? Um, we've now got players out injured. So as a Knicks fan, you kind of sit there and go, how do we fix this? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess for like for me, I sit there and I question, you know, you've got fibs and then you look at the front office and you're like, are they on the same wavelength right now? Like, what? you know what I mean? It's like, okay, what's what's happening? Exactly what you just said. We're trading away your picks. Fibs has got like, he's not got a bad roster. As you just said, you know, you've picked up, you've picked up a lot of experience. You've picked up a lot of good players. Like regardless of what Campbell Walker's age is, he's, he's experienced. He's got a lot in him. But unfortunately, you know, he's, he's, he's not running that, that, those four white lines right now. He's not on the court. You've got a lot of injuries going on. You've got Derek Rose, who is, uh, you know, he's at the end of the day, he is Derek Rose, but injured. So it, it, exactly. Like, what do you do? You've got what? Okay. I, I'm a big fan of RJ Barrett. RJ Barrett. What have you got going on around him? I mean, that's the issue I have with Julius Randle, right? When you go through the roster, yeah, you got Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, as you mentioned, R.J. Barrett, Evan Fournier, Derek Rose. When we come back to Julius Randle and R.J. right now, it's a two-man show. It's R.J. putting up numbers, and it's Julius putting up numbers. And Julius is – when you look at the stats, he's at the top for scoring, he's at the top for rebounds, he's at the top for, you know, defense. Mitchell Robinson thrown in there somewhere. But you got to get some support around him. Like oh. Julius Randall's a big man and he's out shooting the three and he's out there dunking. Like, I'm like, I need five of you, boy. I can't have yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And he's been doing that for like, he's been doing that for a long time. Like uh, props to him. He's got some athletic- athleticism in him. 
Definitely. But exactly. You need you need five of him. You need someone. Uh, you need some more company around him. Yeah. And so even, it's going to be. Uh, yeah. You go. Sorry. You'll go. You go. Oh no, no. For me, it's going to be interesting what they're going to. What's going to what, what what they're going to do now? I think. I'd be looking to try and get some big free agency signing. I think they need to. I think they need to kind of trade Mitchell Robinson away. Like Mitchell Robinson had a good year last year. I think he's having another yeah. good year this year but I just don't think he's at that like capacity he needs to be right now. And they need to do something. They need to bring some sort of life in it. I don't think they can go for a big three, like the Nets are trying to do. But my, <laughs> big, my big concern with the Knicks right now is when you look at him, you got Derek Rose, Todd Gibson, Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier, who are a little bit older. And then you've got like RJ Barrett and Quigley and Cam Reddish and Obi Tobin. Who are years going on. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah. well, these one year contracts are done we're going to have this gap and we're still going to be at the bottom. Considering we started the season very strong, finished last year, not half bad. So you kind of wondered, are we utilizing the draft in the right way? I don't think so. Yeah. But then yeah. we got to look at free agency and are we utilizing that the right way? And well, with Kemba Walker out right now for the rest of the season, I'm like, well, it doesn't look like we use free agency very well. I don't think exactly, exactly. And that's why I asked the question. I'm like, you know, what's, I, I guess, you know, Fibs is one thing, but then you got to look, look at the management. What What's going on? You know, Fibs can have one thing in his head, but what's the management going on in their head? Yeah. So right now they're currently seeing fifth in the Atlantic division. I mean, we got to put the question out there, right? What do the Knicks have to do to get to the playoffs? Is it just hope that everybody else loses? And somehow, like, squeeze our way in, you know? Or is it do we just hold on this season, look at the draft for some of the players? And if you want to look at the college players, listeners, go look at March Madness. This is a great time to watch all those college Oh, yes. Go look at that oh, and then see yeah. who you think the Knicks should sign. But, Shelly, I throw that to you. What do you think the Knicks need to do to get in the postseason? Apart from be healthy. Uh, what? Honestly, that – and you know what? That's it. For me, that's it. They've just got to be healthy. And, unfortunately, they're not. And they haven't been for a long, long time. And it's – it's it's you, you look at their roster. You just look at their roster and you're like, yeah, that's a postseason team. But, unfortunately, you look at their you roster now – who can actually hit that court? There's no that's not a postseason roster. In my opinion, that's it's not a roster that can make the postseason. In my opinion, so I that's a very good question. I don't know, but yeah, my answer is you with the roster you got, you got to be healthy, and they're not. So I don't know. I'm honestly, I don't know. Thibs, you've got a lot of work going on for you right now. They definitely do. And I think if you've looked at the last couple games, there's a lot of energy happening in New York right now. Tibbs had to be held back by the players in the last couple of games. Yeah, Julius Randall get ejected. So I'm like, boys, you're not making it easy on yourself right now. Julius Randall, we can't afford to have you go anywhere. So just calm your jets. (laughs) I think for postseason, as you said, I'm with you 100%. They've got to get healthy. They've got to get those players in there but they've got to use, utilize that young squad of theirs and really get an experience. Oh. But I think that lack of experience coming the postseason, I think we saw it last year. If they do squeak in there this year, we'll see it again. I think it's going to be those young kids that are going to kind of be that difference and whether or not they can actually pull them up and get them there. I don't know, but we'll have to see. Now we move into the match where we talk about Patrick Ewing and Hakeem Olajuwon. The most anticipated match... In history, ladies and gentlemen, 
Let's get ready to rumble. All right. As since we're talking about the Knicks, right? I had to keep the match Knicks related, right? Of course, of course. That's a theme here, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep the Knicks related. Patrick Ewing, right? Probably, in my opinion, one of the best centers of the game. But this is on the match. This is how we debate this, right? We pick college Georgetown, first round pick in 1985, went to New York, was in New York for 15 years, um, then went to Seattle Supersonics. And for those NBA diehard fans, that's an old team for you. And then kind yeah. of year Orlando Magic. So I guess when you're looking at a center for a basketball perspective, what do you want out of your center? I'm going to go these days because I like a big man that can shoot personally, personally, but he could shoot too. Um, I know, I know back in the day, well, no, sorry, even now he said, (laughs) he used to have this motto and he said in this era, he'd be the Michael Jordan of this era. And that's pretty tough coming from like a big, big, big guy from back in his days, back in the 70s. Uh, when was he drafted? 60? 60... 85 he was drafted. 85. Bloody go. 85. Yeah. So back, uh, he'd be the, yeah, the Michael Jordan of this era. But I think for me, you want a big guy. You, you, you need a big guy these days who's going to score. You need a big guy who's going to protect, protect protection. Safety, 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 safety. A big guy that's going to have a lot of safety. And, you know, I'm coming for you as a Warrior fan who doesn't have a big guy, who doesn't have any safety in our team right now. So that's what I want for a centre. But, you know, I think it's someone that's going to be able to have a lot of vision, which he did. I don't have the stats in front of me, which I probably should, but you know what? He probably had probably could have had more assist rates than what he did, but his vision on the court was just phenomenal and I know personally for me with a big guy you want vision you yeah okay you want someone that can score okay but you want that that safetyness and I think he did have a lot in there and, and it shows now because he, he's gone into coaching now he um, he coaches Georgetown doesn't he I believe it's yeah Georgetown. yeah yeah I believe it's Georgetown as well and so for me from a player that can actually take that athleticism and what they've learned from the game and taken into coaching where they're not actually doing it on the court, that's 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 big, I think. I think that's someone that actually understands the game and can pass that on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, obviously, like, him just being the center that he was, right, he was a powerhouse when the Knicks used to play. So he was just one of those players defensive that you wouldn't want to come up against. I mean, he, had, he averaged 21 points, 9.8 rebounds. You're right on the assist, only 1.9 he averaged, which oh. <laughs> big man, you're like, all right, buddy, maybe we – but I think that's 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 reflective of the game back then, right? Your job was to post up, receive the ball, and go get it to the hoop. So I guess you're not really looking to kind of pass the ball back out. My one thing with Patrick Ewing, never won an NBA championship. When we talk about the list, yeah, yeah. talk about the list of players that deserve an NBA championship, that man right there. I mean, he just battled for the Knicks. And when you talk about the Knicks, he is like the face of the 80s and the early 90s Knicks, where it was just like an absolute powerhouse defensively. But if we're talking about powerhouses defensively, let's talk about his competitor, Hakeem. <laughs> Hakeem. Oh, the dream. my gosh. Could you imagine coming up against this guy in the NBA back in the 80s? 
No, I'd, pro- I'd, I'd pull up. I'd pull up right in front of him and hand him the ball and say, just go. I'm sorry. I'm barely five foot when I stand. So just, just, just take it, sir. You are, you are the dream. <laughs> exactly. Imagine, imagine coming up against that. Like, oh, just the era back then. Oh, amazing. Drafted again, first round, round one, pick one, 84. So the year before Patrick Ewing. So he definitely had a yep. year under his belt. University of Houston is where he played. Um, he averaged 21.8 points, 11.1 rebounds, again, 2.5 assists. So he could share the ball a bit more than, than, than probably Patrick. Uh, 17 seasons with Houston, right? When you think about Houston, you go – career, basically, yeah. Apart from one year with Toronto. Toronto, yeah, yeah. You know, they all do that, like, final year where they go somewhere else. They're like, oh, I just want oh, to – Oh, yeah, it's going to be a great spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. But in his defense, right, so we're looking at him, he's got two times finals MVP, two championships, 1994 NBA MVP, and defensive player of the year times two. Now, this guy, if we're talking about dreams and powerhouses, he was the definition of what a center should have been and what center should what center should be today, in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, you gotta be in that old defensive team, no matter what. No matter what, not to mention he's a twelve-time All-Star. Yep. You know, like let's just just tick them off, tick them off. A twelve-time All-Star. It's defensive, two-time, yeah, defensive player of the year, five-time defensive first team. What more do you want? As I kept on saying before, you need a security. You need security. You need security. You need protector, protector. You know, as I keep saying, it's something I don't have on my team, and he he can just guard that whole. You just just. The paint belongs to him. And I think that's the great thing about basketball back then. And when you look at centers is like, as you said, the paint belongs to them. If you were trying to get in there, they were shutting down. But as soon as they got the ball anywhere near that hoop, if I was any, like any defender, I'd be like, you know what? You just take the lane. You take it, I'll lay down and you just go. (laughs) Exactly. I'm Look, you know, he's my favorite player, Steph Curry, but I'm sorry. There's no, no Steph Curry back in those days, you know, coming down the lane going, I'm going this way, I'm going that way, and then I'm going to hook circus shot up here, up there. No, I'm sorry, little man. You're going to get told where you're going and you're going home. And, and you know what? That's, I think that's a lot that we don't have these days. We don't have that. How do I? I like to say that grunt, that, that mm, as a big, big, big man center. 100% definitely there's those and they just don't build them that big anymore either like when you look at the center <laughs> kind of a little bit tinier but all right at Mojo we can't sit on the fence so you got to pick all right so who is your pick for best center in the 80s out of Patrick Ewing and Hakeem Olajuwon so for me I'm as I said I'm picking Hakeem I personally like I'm <clears throat> I'm a defensive person player you you know and I think he as much as he was such an offensive threat as I said before he really 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 did protect that paint and I think that's what yeah a few a few of our centers are lacking these days yeah I'm I'm I mean don't get me wrong you look at highlights look at Hakeem I think he's great I think he was but as everybody knows as far as NFL and NBA goes if you're on my team I got to go with my boys just because I got to yeah. So I've got to go <laughs> with Patrick Ewing as the better center in the eighties. I think if he had won a championship, 
I think it'd be oh. a little more even, but for me, it's Patrick Ewing a hundred percent all day, every day, because that is not a man that I want to come up anywhere near. All right, and now moving on to rapid fire. Hey, we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, rapid fire question. Since we always end our shows with rapid fire, Shelly, I'm pretty sure you and I talked about this when we first met, but. My question to you, right, is we talk about 75 years of basketball and we look towards kind of what basketball is going to look like as far in the NBA. My question to you is what is the best era of basketball? Has it been and gone? Are we in it or is it 10 years down the road? This one's tough. This is very tough because I think the eras of basketball are completely different as well. You know, we're, we're such an offensive, it's, it, it, it is such an offensive game right now. Um, and that's, you know, to do with a lot of players coming in, you know, um, that are just shooting the three ball, shooting the half court shot, shooting the, shooting the full court shot. But I think, I, I think for me, still until the, the future comes, it's still that early 2000s era. The era of Yukobi Shaq. I I I I know a lot of this. There's going to be so many um, um, comparisons and whatnot. You, you you relate them to you Michael Jordan, Pippen, Bulls. You know, oh, what about your mid your mid nineties, your early nineties? And I was thinking about this. I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, easy, easy. Your nineties, your nineties, Michael Jordan. And then I sat there and I was like, well, I love Jordan, but what what competition was there back then? Yeah, okay, fair enough. There was a few teams. You got the Pistons, um, you got the Pacers. But I think those early 2000s, I think when you look at the, especially the Lakers team, when you had that Kobe Shaq era, I think just the era of basketball, because the Lakers didn't just have two or three teams to compete against. They had a lot of teams to compete against. It was anyone's game back in the early 2000s. So I think for me right, right now, I think, the early 2000s in my in in my head was the greatest era I've ever watched. The Bulls don't don't get me wrong is the greatest team I've ever watched, but the era is definitely those early 2000s. In 10 years time, we, I might ask this question again and sit there and say, "Well, you know what? It's now because Steph Curry Jr shooting bloody 55 points a game or something like that." <laughs> so yeah no that's that's what I think for now anyway could change yeah I mean I gotta say I'm with you on that one like I'm one of those people where I love I love basketball now always will love basketball but I love basketball in the early 2000s because as you said right any team was kind of up for grabs it's not like now where you kind of look at when you looked at Golden State when they had Kevin Durant and it was like Golden State's gonna win it back to back to back like back in the early 2000s it was like hey you show up, you score, you play defense, it's anybody's game. And I think that's what we're missing a little bit in the NBA right now. When you used to go and play the Pistons, you said, and that was a powerhouse defensive game, right? And they knew going into that, they're like, this is going to be a tough game. This is going to be a scrappy game. And I don't think we have teams like that anymore because I think everyone plays a little soft, right? Especially when you watch like the all-star game, it's like almost 200 points a team. And you're like, well, we know there's no defense there, but that's fine. Um, Yeah, yeah when you try and really hard to get to that hundred point mark, because 
it's just tough and it's a grind. And I don't think we have that now. And I think there's a lot of soft basketball players coming out, but you're right. Early 2000s, 100% is probably the prime basketball. You had Kobe, you had Shaq, you had still, you had Michael Jordan kind of in his final era. You had all these oh, yeah. in their final kind of moments. So many people retired in the early 2000s to kind of pass that torch. But I think with Kobe and Shaq, when- they, they started that duo, that big duo oh. that everybody talks about. I'm like, they started that. They did that. That's the formula that everyone's trying to create, but you'll never emulate it because the game is just not the same anymore. Absolutely. No, absolutely. hundred percent. And even in those early two thousands, that's when you've got all your, like, look at your LeBrons and all that. Now that's when they're all drafted in those early two thousands. You know, they've all got their rookie years. They're all winning rookie of the year, you know, Derek Rose and everything back then they're all winning that, that that's their prime. And even coming out of that Kobe and Shaq era, to me, I think it's just, it's one of the greatest eras ever. Yeah, definitely with you on that one. All right, Shelly, first NBA episode done and dusted. Thank you for joining me to talk all things basketball. I'm so glad we finally got this off and running at Mojo. It's great to have people that we can talk all things Knicks with, we can talk all things centers with, and we can just talk all things NBA and all the 75 years it's been so, guys, if you want to comment on what we should be talking about as far as the NBA, let us know in the comments below. But that's all we got time for. Shelly, thanks again for being on here. And we'll look forward to next week where we talk all things Lakers. We won't hesitate to break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.